Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 47 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. the famous Jack Jackson Hayes. And we have an exciting show for you all today. We are going to get into the tea off where we spill some tea on a situation between New Orleans Pelicans player Jackson Hayes and the LAPD. I'm going to give you a brand new segment, the two minute warning, where I give you some of the hottest news in sports for the week in two minutes or less. And we're going to get into the first half of our top 10 NFL defenses this season. I'm going to be a little predictive here on what we're going to see. And we are also going to get into our AFC breakdown. I have a special guest coming on, DJ Vernon Husky. Y'all already know what it is. And last but not least, I'm going to give a big, big baller's bouquet to Giannis Antetokounmpo. The, 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 the fly route pod. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. Welcome to the tee off. Oh, spread that tea, sis. This is how we like to start the show off. I like to spill some tea on our favorite athletes and some of the crazy situations they get themselves into. And this week, yo, we got to talk about Jackson Hayes, New Orleans Pelicans Center, played one year for Texas. Ugh, honestly, eighth pick in the 2019 draft, six foot 11, huge dude. On July 28th, he got into a scuffle with the LAPD, right? LAPD says that they were responding to a call around like 3 a.m. for a domestic dispute situation. They encountered Jackson Hayes on the front yard, according to them, and the officers try to get him to stay outside. And they say that he allegedly resists them and tries to block their path into entering the home and does not want them to enter his home. The police officers then say that they try to restrain him. When they try to restrain him, they get into a physical altercation where Jackson Hayes pushes one of the officers allegedly. Allegedly is very important here because there's two sides of this story and the other side we are going to get into a little bit later on. And at this point in time, the officers then kind of swarm, mob Jackson Hayes, tase him. And then they continue to wrestle with him until they get him cuffed. They even make an officer needs help call which is kind of just a call for backup at this point. And they say they only tased him twice. And this is interesting for me because how do you count a tase? Like it's both per second, right? So is it, do you count it just each second you leave it on? Because I, I'll just play you the video, but this is a little extreme on how hard Jackson Hayes gets tased. And you can see for yourself, like warning, obviously it's a little bit graphic, but you know, here you go. Get your hands off him now. Stop. I see this whole thing. Stop. No. No. What is that? What is that? Stop. Stop. Bro, they just came up to us and walked into here. And I told, and Jackson said, you can't go inside. They started touching him. He pushed him around. And that's when he tackled Jackson. He just tackled Jackson out of nowhere. Back up. What's your badge numbers? What's your badge numbers? Okay. That's my friend right there. I'm going to Back up. What's your badge numbers? Stop. I'm not doing anything right now. I'm filming. I'm filming. I'm filming. Okay, so you can see there that up. Oh, it's pretty intense. So there's a couple things that's noted. 
their side of the story is a little bit different. They say that they assaulted Jackson first and there was Jackson just basically defending himself. The other thing that's very important there is that you can see that the police stopped Jackson Hayes' friend from being able to record. They, uh, they, they claim that they have body cam footage of the entire situation, so that is not a problem. They also will not release said body cam footage, unsurprisingly. What I will say here is that there is a complaint that the officer was actually on Jackson Hayes' neck and Jackson Hayes was saying that he could not breathe. You hear a relative account of the story from Jackson Hayes' side from his friend. Jackson Hayes ends up being arrested, sent to a hospital, treated for minor injuries, but being okay. He was set a bond, $25,000. He, of course, meets that bond. He's an NBA player. And the police charge him with resisting arrest. And they are saying that they are still investigating the initial domestic disturbance complaint that brought them to the house in the first place. The LAPD is launching an investigation into the use of force on Jackson Hayes, especially the applying of pressure onto his neck, even though Jackson Hayes and his attorney did not request this. In fact, it was internally requested by an LAPD supervisor because in the wake of the George Floyd incident, they have outlawed the use of those type of chokeholds or force in the first place. Now, this is very important because this internal investigation puts a lot of pressure on the situation. Jackson Hayes, at this point, his only charge seems to be resisting an arrest that might have had an unlawful use of force applied to it in the first place. The reactions of the officers in the scene were quite aggressive to the person just recording. You can see he wasn't doing anything. And at this point, I'm going to be real honest. Something feels a little fishy about this whole situation from the police side. And not just because of everything you've seen, but because of the totalizing response by the LAPD's police union. Now, this is something that's a little bit of misinformation out there. People believe that the LAPD has done a set of actions in which they've asked the league to punish Jackson Hayes when it is actually really just the LAPD police union. Now, granted, this police union does represent over 9,000 officers, so that's a lot, right? But they have they sent a letter to the Pelicans owner as well as Adam Silver. They said that, <laughs> look, I cannot make this up. They have a long complaint, mind you, be a long complaint, three parts where they think that Jackson Hayes has allegedly violated core NBA principles that justify him being suspended, fined, punished, etc. by the NBA. Now, it's a four-page letter, but the best part about this, I guarantee you, the best part about this is the point where they say Jackson Hayes needs to be reprimanded for using a racial slur against police officers for saying the word nigga. So basically, they weaponize the N-word against the nigga. Nigga. Like, for real. So, and it, this is hilarious because then they equate this to the situation with Myers Leonard and say that the precedent is set for punishment, even though Myers Leonard isn't Jewish, use a Jewish slur on a live stream for thousands of people to hear as a representative of the NBA. Instead, you know, Jackson Hayes is a black man saying nigga that has been reappropriated, obviously, but neither here nor there, but is also like at his own fucking house, right? Like private, not publicly, just like 
giving slurs to the public. So obviously the LAPD seems to be reaching significantly here and it makes you wonder why are they reaching? What do they think is going to happen? Now, the total, the total body cam footage has not been released. They have up to 45 days to release it, but there's no guarantee that they will release it after those 45 days. The letter goes on then to say he also violated the NBA's position against domestic abuse or domestic violence. This is important because they did come there for a domestic dispute. They did not charge him for a domestic dispute. There's no proof of uh, Jackson Hayes doing anything, but they've already criminalized Jackson Hayes, said he is guilty and said the NBA needs to fine and punish him for a charge he has not even been charged with, right? Now, look, if that's not ridiculous enough to you, obviously there is a little bit more. The end of this letter, I'm going to quote it for you. It is hilarious. And they say, lastly, we encourage the NBA to provide mandatory training to all us personnel, players, and support staff about the obligations police officers have to investigate reports of domestic abuse. We also encourage the NBA to include mandatory training on how to de-escalate volatile situations to ensure the most positive outcome for all involved. We can certainly provide references to qualified trainers if requested. The LAP fucking D has the nerve and gall to say that while being investigated for inappropriately using force and escalating a situation, this exact situation. Look, I, look, the best jokes write themselves. Now, of course, we don't know what is going to come of this. We don't know where the investigation will go, the end charges, etc. But all in all, I don't expect much to happen to Jackson Hayes here. It seems like they kind of aggressively overreached. But that was your tee off. Ooh, spit that tea, Ooh, sis. Spit that tea, Ooh. sis. Let's stop, Playboy. All right, all right. We're going to give you all a little bit something new. The two-minute warning. I'm going to give you all the hottest, hottest sports stories of this week. And I'm going to give you each of them in two minutes or less. Just the nitty-gritty, all the things that you absolutely need to know. So let's get it started. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas with the New Orleans Saints. This one is crazy. Michael Thomas apparently delays getting surgery. New Orleans Saints are really pissed about that and feel like he's done something wrong. Now, Michael Thomas is out here liking tweets about how they asked him to not get his surgery because they wanted to make one big last run for Drew Brees. He's tweeting cryptic things like, Oh, they'll tell your story to defame you, but you'll hold your own story to save their reputation. Now, look, I think that this is probably the beginning of the end here. Michael Thomas, this has been a thing that's under the works for a while now. People have been kind of talking about this rift since last season, and there's not that much smoke without fire. I'm not saying Michael Thomas guarantees doesn't play another snap in New Orleans, but it's looking like a long-term relationship there is definitely, definitely out of the works. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. Oh, my God. This dude took the biggest L of the, of the year, quite seriously. He turned down an $84 million four-year contract with the Lakers and then had to sign a $5.9 million one-year contract with the Celtics after turning that down. I'm not going to make fun of this dude because this is actually kind of sad. I will say that the funniest part about this story to me was actually how there's always a narrative of you should bet on yourself and how that is like the key thing for all these players to do 
It is the feel-good story, but how quickly, how quickly, how quickly we all turned on Dennis Schroeder when these things did not go his way. Now, granted, was the Lakers deal probably a fair-ass market rate for Dennis Schroeder? Yeah. Does it still hurt to see it? Eh, not so much, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, all right. The first Bears preseason game will be just a little bit after you all hear this. We're coming in on Friday. It'll be on Sunday. And I got to talk about Justin Fields. I am super excited for our preseason games because we are going to get heavy, heavy doses of Justin Fields, according to Matt Nagy. He said he's going to get a lot of play in preseason. And most importantly, and I think this is the biggest story here, is that he is going to get some reps with the first team O-lineman, which means that Andy Dalton is going to be basically splitting first team reps with the O-line with Justin Fields in preseason. I think obviously we know what's coming down the line here, but this is only a good sign about all the progress Justin Fields has been making in camp, and we can only be excited about what's next. Last, 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 Mitchell Trubisky, some little old Chicago Bears drama here, you know, did a recent press conference with the Buffalo Bills and said he's just happy that he's somewhere where people actually want him to succeed as a person and a player, taking some pretty direct shots at the Bears. And I'm just going to be honest with y'all here. Mitch isn't 100% wrong, but he's definitely not 100% right. Now, granted, Matt Nagy probably never wanted just uh, never wanted Mitch Trubisky, probably never fully did all he could to build an offense around Mitch Trubisky's strength. But at the same time, Mitch Trubisky pissed away some extremely, extremely explosive defenses and wasn't able to just simply be a game manager at times. So, look, maybe Matt, Matt Nagy really didn't love you as his quarterback but you also had ample opportunity to succeed. That was your two-minute warning. It's a playboy, it's a, it's a playboy affair. All right, all right, all right. We are going to get into the look, top 10 NFL defenses. I'm doing this one a little bit different than some of my other top 10 lists. I'm going to split this one between this week and next week. So you're going to get 10 through 6 this week, 5 through 1 next week. So make sure you stay tuned so you can see who rounds out the very top of these. So what I'm going to start with is actually an honorable mention. Number 11. Number 11 honorable mention goes to the Chicago Bears. This one was honestly hard for me to swallow that the Chicago Bears are no longer a top 10 defense in the NFL. We didn't spend a lot of our picks on defense in the NFL. We took some late round players to add. And while doing that, we also lost some key, key pieces. And the biggest one for me was Kyle Fuller. He was a huge part of our secondary. He was a great cornerback. We lost him to the Broncos. And the second is defensive tackle, Roy Robertson Harris. We also lost him to the Jaguars. Well, like, look, that's not like we didn't make any additions. We got Desmond Truvant, and I think that is a great budget deal to shore up our secondary, but I feel like our secondary will be significantly weaker than it has been as of late. That is unfortunate, but I think obviously we still boast a great front seven, and that's going to be what carries this defense, especially this 
season. I think Khalil Mack is going to have a bounce back season. And that's crazy to say, but he's had a down year the last year or so. And I think that he is ready. He is hungry. He seems by all tracks to be finally fully healthy, which is something that we are really going to benefit from. I think that with the combination of Rokon Smith, who at linebacker has been getting better and better and better each season, I expect to take another huge jump there. And like, obviously, we, of course, have a ton of stars everywhere else on the Chicago Bears defense. It is just going to get outmatched by some of the other teams down here. But that brings us to number 10. And number 10, I actually have the New York Giants. And I think the New York Giants are going to be a top 10 defense this year. Because, look, the one thing that now is true that we should be able to see from last season is Joe Judge can coach his ass off. And he coached this defense to be stout last season. They allowed 5.3 yards per play last season, which was top 10 in the league. They entered last this past offseason needing a number two cornerback for sure and to get better at the pass rush they did both of those things and that is huge for them the first thing that was important is that they extended leonard williams dude was an absolute monster had 11 and a half sacks last year they just needed a guy to play on the opposite side of him and they added both danny shelton and ifadi odinibo and look that dude has seven sacks in 2019 great pickup in free agency uh, decent play for a backup uh, and also just being able to have a bounce back year on his side, especially with having someone like Leonard Williams take a lot of the pressure off of him. Sneaky guy here for this pass rush is actually Lorenzo Carter, who is back from injury from last season. And he's been a minimum four sacks a season type guy his entire career in the NFL. And I think that adds a little bit. And while the pass rusher, Overall element of this team did not take a massive jump. I think they made a lot of little additions that bolstered the overall unit here for them. And now on the other end of things is that they finally got a legit number two guy to pair next to James Bradbury, who in and of himself is an absolute monster. They got Adoree Jackson, the former Titan, to give them a good corner next to them. But Bradbury in and of himself is by far a absolute complete monster had 14 pass breakups and three interceptions and those numbers might not sound gaudy but you have to understand that in the sense that he was only targeted 78 times so he's looking like honestly one of the best corners in the league just for volume right now number nine i put the i put the miami dolphins brian flores is an absolute genius from the defensive belichick tree and he is showing that he can put together one of the more devastating units in the NFL. They went from being dead last to sixth best in points allowed last season. That is a massive jump. And I think they will only be better this season with the different changes that they've made. Like they got Xavier Howard back under the fold, one of the best corners in the league, even though they had to re-up his contract extremely early. He had 10 interceptions last year and 20 passes defended and as well as 50 tackles the dude is just literally in insane they also poached jason mccourty from new england which is really good and bolsters their overall safety situation they got Dylan phillips which is the first pass rusher off the board in this draft at number 18 after losing cal van oy so i feel like that's a good hole to fill and they also are able to just look they have the talent on this squad 
that with Brian Flores coaching them, the defensive schemes has been able to put up all of the points that they are able to put on the board as a defense and the takeaways that they are consistently getting. It is really, really hard not to like this team. I also think that while people are also kind of worried about the loss of Shaq Lawson, I think Jerome Baker, a linebacker, adds seven sacks, two forced fumbles from last season, will get even better with another year under this system, some training camp under them. I expect this defense to start strong and just be able to be a force to be reckoned with all year long. It's just about how complimentary this offense can be to this team. Number eight, number eight, I put the Cleveland Browns. And people might think the Cleveland Browns should be higher with a lot of splashy signings that they had this offseason, like Javian Clowney. But to be honest, they are top 10, which is fantastic. They are top eight, which is even better. But they still have some limitations. The biggest weakness for this Cleveland team last year was secondary. And they went hard, hard, hard at addressing that issue this offseason, which is what puts them at eight for me. But what also leaves them at eight is that we just don't know how any of these signings will at the end pan out for them. Look, their secondary received a huge boost when they signed John Johnson the third. He's one of the best safeties in the league. As a lockdown guy, he's not going to give you gaudy interception numbers, but he's good at defending the ball, defending passes. They added a great nickel corner in Troy Hill and free agency, and also added Greg Newsom, the second in the draft. Obviously, they have Denzel Ward and another player, Greedy Williams, who's never really lived up to the expectations that they had for him, but he's coming back from injury. So what is clear to me is now this corner group is deep, which is good for them. So I think that this is a team that will be able to figure out the pieces that work and have a strong defense. And what will benefit the secondary a ton is that there should be no time to throw the ball. Miles Garrett, this dude is a monster. 12 sacks last year, over 10 sacks in every season outside of his rookie season. They signed Jadavian Clowney, who has been has had a couple down years as of late. But dude has 32 career sacks. You have a significantly easier time getting to the quarterback and rushing opposite of Miles Garrett, who's going to draw a lot of attention. So this should be one of the easiest situations he has been in in a very long time. You got to throw in linebacker Anthony Walker. That is a huge boost for them. And also, I'm going to be honest, I like Jeremiah Owosu Kormor. And that is a player that is very versatile. He's a jack of all trades. He could be moved around in a lot of different places in the offense. And there's already been reports from Cleveland that that's how they're going to use him. I think he should be able to confuse defenses and give them a lot of scheme and disguise, which is going to make this defense a little bit better than people predicted that they're going to be. They're going to take the next step. I expect them to be great. Number seven. Now, number seven for me, I, I get I'm going to sound a little bit excessive here, but the Patriots. And I honestly think the Patriots are going to be a super dominant defense. I want to have them a little bit higher, but you'll find out why I don't a little bit later. Despite a series of opt-outs and free agency losses, the Patriots were top 10. Top 10 in points allowed last season and for the ninth consecutive season. You got to understand their greatest safety, Devin McCourty, 28 career interceptions, 12 forced fumbles. The New England Patriots get their opt-ins back, and that means they get Dante Hightower, who is a well-rounded linebacker, his ability to rush and blitz, fantastic addition. Everybody knows that this guy is a, is a stud. 
But then they made a lot of free agency signings that were huge. Matt Judon. They got Kyle Van Noy back from the Dolphins. I, I honestly think that this team is going to have a monster defensive line. They're going to put a lot of pressures on opposing quarterbacks. And we also just know it's hard to count out the defensive mind of a Bill Belichick. This dude has been a savant at this game and scheming and taking the best thing a team does away from them and forcing them to do things they're not great at and taking advantage of those mistakes. It is just really hard to put them any any lower than seven. Now, the reason why I can't have them higher than seven for me is the Stefan Gilmore situation. Look, will he play at all this season? I don't know. Is he going to try to sit out? I don't know. He's still currently injured. And I was like, absent that, they're very light at corner, but he is one of the standout best corners in the NFL. So I think it just makes it a little bit more complicated. JC Jackson is a beast, and this is not a knock on him. The dude had nine interceptions last year. He is still going to be a monster, but there will be a void on the other side of the field from him because he can't defend both sides. Now, right now they have Jalen Mills listed as a cornerback on their depth chart. It seems like they're going to try and play him behind Gilmore. Gilmore cannot play. That's not really his natural position, but he's a very versatile defender. And if Bill Belichick believes in it, I'm still willing to keep them at seven because of that. That leaves it with the final team we got to talk about. And the final team here is the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have a squad, right? Look, they added, they, they already had decent corner play, but they needed a little bit better. Bryce Callahan was great, but they needed someone on the other side of him. They went and got Cal Fuller. He's a monster that can allow Bryce Callahan to play his more natural position. They also got Ronald Darby and then drafted Patrick Sertain, who was by far considered to be one of the best corners in the draft this year, top two guaranteed. So I think that they're going to have a fantastic secondary. And we know that last year was a down year for them because they lost Von Miller to a season injury week one. They get him back, him and Bradley Chubb get to make a dynamic duo pushing and putting pressure on the quarterback. Those two have not been healthy playing together for an extended period of time since like 2018. So this is going to be the first time in a while that we see the full Denver pass rush, like, you know, knock on wood, considering for an extended period of time. You can't forget they have standouts at safety, Justin Simmons. Like, it's just, it's, this team is stacked from top to bottom on defense. If this team is able to stay healthy, this team will win probably five games off their defense alone. And if if their quarterback can get it together and play complimentary football for this defense, you might see them surprise a lot of teams. Look, that is the bottom five of our top 10. Let me know who you think maybe is a little bit too high, too low in here. The top five are coming out next week, next Friday. Make sure you stay tuned in. Y'all, it's Tony Playboy. All right, all right. We are going to get into our final, final, final division predictions for the AFC East. And as I've been doing as of late, I'm going to bring in a guest, a fan of one of the teams of the division to help me break down how things are going to shake out. And y'all already know who he is. He was on an episode just a couple of weeks ago. BJ Vernon 
Husky, come through, come through. How is it going, my guy? You already know what it is, man. What's up? What's up, Playboy? Look, we about to get into it. We about to get into it because I'm here. I want to talk to you. I came for war. You see the shirt? I came for war, you bro. You came for war. Okay. I, I, brought, okay. I, brought back, I brought back some John Singleton on you today. Okay. I'm with you. Well, I want to start at your pressure point. So we're going to start with the Dolphins. Okay. We're going to start with the Dolphins. So I'm going to ask you how you think these Dolphins are going to fare this season. I'll start by saying this. This is the most exciting uh, season that I've had as a Dolphin fan as far as anticipation is concerned uh, since the year that Ricky Williams retired the night before training camp started. Called Dave Weinstein from the airport and said he was on his way to Asia and he's retiring from the NFL because he already knew that he had just failed his third because they don't report your first or your second. You have to go to rehab for that, but they report your third to the press. So that was the third time he had been caught since he had been in the NFL. And if people remember coming off of that, uh, coming that season, he was coming off of 1,800 yards and 1,500 yards, 21 touchdowns one year and 19 or 17 touchdowns the following year. And Miami, they, Chris Chambers was coming in the form. Like they, that defense still has Sertan, Madison, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor. They, like, people thought that year, so like, hey, watch, yes, it was like, yo, watch Miami this year. They got Ricky. This is going to be Ricky's third year there now. It was, it was uh, a lot of anticipation for me for that season. So that's fast a lot of hype. To this year, yes. Fast forward to this year. I have not been uh, as excited as I've been since that year until this year for this team, because I love the makeup of it. I love what I see from the players. I love what I see from the coaches. I don't like my favorite team to talk a lot. I like my favorite team to be like what the Patriots were the last 20 years. Don't tell you much. Players give you the same bland answers. Same with the coaching staff. It's not about us. Team, 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 team. Yeah, people want their money. We'll figure all that out. We'll pay who needs to be paid. But for the Y'all pay who needs what, to be paid. Right? You <laughs> have four it, years it, left on that bitch? Quick, hold on. Quick sidebar. Did I not tell you to get it done? And he yes, wasn't going anywhere. True. And he right, wasn't facts. going nowhere. Because facts. it's it's... You can't let that type of talent walk out the door. But, bruh, relax. We'll take care of it. You did just sign the highest deal in the league a year and a half ago. Other players have signed after you. That's just the way it goes. But um, <laughs> it's, it's the, the, the way things set up, the way that team has been constructed, the way Greer and the way Flores have handled their business with that Dolphins team, there's one part of this team that I really zero in on that I don't hear a lot of people talking about because it's Tua, 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 Tua. And waddle, 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 because those should be the two pieces this year that people think the difference between the Dolphins being nine and eight and the Dolphins being 12 and five, 13 and four. Because oh. waddle has that type of breakaway speed, but I didn't, I want to believe in him at Alabama because I don't like his route running, but that can improve. And the ankle injury, the foot injury scares me. As a, as a fan, it scares me because you've already been hurt. Same with right. Tua. Stop dancing. What? What? How many wins? I'm not dancing. I'm getting to it, bro. You gotta let me do. You gotta come on, man. You gotta let Big Vanilla do it the way I do it. Nine and thirteen. That's a rage. Come on. No, no, no. I said, I said nine and thirteen. No, no. I said nine uh, to thirteen wins is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a large rage. Where it's we a at? Large rage because okay. So I'll explain it like this: the defense is a top ten defense. They're good for seven Agreed. wins. Defense and special teams will get a seven wins just like it did last year. Our offensive tour really only got in, in, in fits, really only got us three wins. We had turnovers, led the league in interceptions, third in the league in sacks. We had a turnover for 13 straight games where we led the turnover battle with the team, with the opposing team. 
that's always going to get you wins. One of the league's best kickers, one of the league's, the league's best punter as far as average yards per punt for net last year. So we're flipping the field, and we're putting that defense on the field in comfortable range where we can get three and out. So they drive a little bit, but defense stops. Got to punt it back to the offense. So that part of it, those are seven wins alone. Tua will either get us two more, or Tua can get us five or six more. It all depends on what these other weapons are going to do. We miss Will Fuller opening Sunday. He's suspended. Jalen Waddle already explained him. Miles um, Gaskin, Brown, the two running backs. I like. Here's where I really want to running go. backs. You like the running backs? Yeah, yeah. Let me t- let me just tell you why though. I'm going to key on the offensive line, and a lot of people aren't talking about. You can go to Cameron Wolf. You could go to Armin Segundo. You could, no one's talking about the offensive line unless one of the guys get blown up in practice or in joint practice with the Bears like they did today. It's the only time they bring them up. But I look at this line, Austin Jackson, Solomon Achille, Robin Hunt, Jesse Day. Second year, second year, second year, fifth year. It's a young offensive line. But I love the size, 6'5", 325, 6'5", 335, 6'6", 327, 6'6", 318. If this line can protect and can open up holes, Miles Gaskin last year, uh, 1.7 yards before contact. So he's not even getting two yards before he's hit that led the league last year. But he also 10.6% of his runs were missed or broken tackles. That was tied for 11th in the league. So even though he takes contact, he still was 11th in the league as far as breaking and eluding tackles. So imagine if he's not touched before three or four yards. Now he's breaking and looting tackles. I mean, y'all ain't Cleveland, chill. Huh? <laughs> y'all ain't Cleveland, chill. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, the NFL flips quick, homie. And it's I, all I, about. Look, your O-line ain't Cleveland's O-line. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's Three, perfect. four yards? No, no, I didn't say our line. Did you? Are you hearing me? Second, I'm hearing second, you. Second and a fifth year. It's a young line. But the talent is there. It's going to depend on whether preseason helps. There was no offseason last year. There was no preseason last year. So basically, we started three rookies opening day, and they never had a game NFL snap in their entire life. Okay, that's, that's a, a good tall, argument. That's a tall order with a rookie quarterback. It's a tall order. So okay. Running holes need to open up. Rush offense last year was uh, a, a putrid, 28th in the league. That's, I mean, that's got to come up. Overall offense was 21st. If the, web, if the line holds up, we could talk to it. You could talk all these other players. It's not going to matter. If the line does not hold up, Tua, nine to ten wins, because Tua won't be able to be himself. But if that line is ready to play this year, yes, I like Gaskins. I love them in Washington. Yes, I like Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown is 5.2 yards a carry as a backup out here in Los Angeles, where I see every Rams game. They put a, so you give him the ball. If you give him holes as a backup, he's a 5.2-yard guy. So there's your, there, there's, there's your what, six, six feet, 225, 230. There's your bell count on the goal line. Flores is from the Belichick tree. It looks pretty with Brady, but people have to remember most of their, if, if not all their Super Bowl years, do people remember Corey Dillon? Do people remember Sonny Michelle? Do people remember these running backs, James White, that they've been able to use and have in their Super Bowl years? People forget these backs of it. LeGarrette Blunt, 1,500 yards? What? No, LeGarrette Blunt went Thank nuts you. those back to back seasons. Thank yes. you. you know why, though? Because the offensive, offensive line, line. Opened, the offensive line opened hole. He was, he was done in the league. Nobody wanted a piece of him. He goes to New England, he runs for 1,500 yards in his first year there. So that's what I mean by the line. If the line can hold up, this offense is explosive. You talk about the receivers, you talk about the speed. Fuller, Waddle, Grant. With possession tight end like Gasicki and a possession receiver out on the, on, on the perimeter like Devontae Parker, 
And I haven't even gotten to Preston Williams and Alan Hearns. One of them getting cut. So they're not going to carry seven. One of them getting cut. So it's a crowded receiver room. So I like, I, if, I, if I had to make it, I like 12 and 5, and I'll stick hard with that. 12 and I'm 5. Gonna, yes, because I, I love the schedule, number one. Our division's not tough. We got the Patriots. They'll never be the same again. We got the bum-ass Jets, and I call them the bum-ass Jets because they're the bum-ass Jets, and they've always been the bum-ass Jets to me, and I'll always call them the bum-ass Jets. The Bills are the only co- competition in that division. Okay. We play, the, we, we play the NFC South. The Saints are under 500 team. Carolina's an under 500 team. We don't know what Atlanta's going to be, and we know there's the Bucks. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I'm going to be honest with you. You're I mean, I expected you to be higher on the Dolphins than I, but that makes sense. You're making a lot of good arguments, though. Look, I had y'all going nine and eight. So when you were like nine to 13, I was like, I'm with you on the nine. I do think you all don't have a hard schedule, but you all have some like I one think you all was split with the Pats this year. You play the Pats twice. I don't think you'll beat them twice. I feel like week one, the Pats will come into y'all play them week one. I feel like in, we won in New the, England yeah, for, the second I, time, for the second year in a row. Yes. And I feel like they're going to be more prepared for that game. And I feel like they're going to beat y'all once. Now, on the flip side, I do feel like y'all also play them at the very end of the season at home. And there's just something about those late game uh, my <laughs> games versus the Patriots in Miami that somehow things just can never go New England's way. So I'm like, I think y'all was split with the Patriots. But I do think the Patriots are really legit. I think y'all will lose twice to the Bills. I just, look, I mean, you think the Bills are competition for you all. You all play the Bucs. I feel like that's another one that you all probably won't be able to win. Y'all got the Ravens as well. I got the Ravens. And I think. Where's that Ravens game at? That Ravens game is actually in Miami. Mm. In Miami, Thursday night football. That was rhetorical. I already know. I know the schedule. Oh, hard, okay. I just, Look, yeah. I'm just, if it was in Baltimore, if it was in Baltimore, I would say okay. But once again, that is a top ten defense we'll field this year, and okay. we have a guy with the defense. And the Ravens are a top five defense that will be come, fielded this year. Who, that's fine. So it's a low scoring affair. I don't mind that. I just, I just want the. I just care we get the W. I, uh, I, I like I in a ground and pound low scoring affair. I I'll generally like the Ravens. Yeah, no, nah, we create we create turnover. Lamar's going to give it up. And I like Lamar. I like Lamar. But against a defense like us, he'll we'll get him to throw one. He'll throw one to us. Look, it possibly. It is possible. But here's what I'm gonna say. I, I think that then y'all got some games. The Titans and the Colts, I think, will give y'all some trouble. Those are some w. games that I think are possible for you to lose. You're playing at the Titans, so that that is not particularly helpful for you all. You're neither here nor there. And I think there's a chance that, you know, there's one other game there. That you all might drop. But to be fair, I think that these this Dolphins team is very good. If this Dolphins team won 10 games, I wouldn't be surprised. But if this Dolphins team won 12 games, I would be a little shocked. Okay? I will, I'm just going to be honest with you. What was our record last year? Uh, did y'all win 10 games or 9? 10 and 6. Okay. 10, so 10 games. Yeah, 10 games. Let me break this down for you. So 10 and 6. Okay. We completely, we completely butt F the Denver game. We should have went out to Denver and won the game. It's a 10-7 game, and we're playing like you-know-what. Tua got benched that game. Everybody's so-called savior, Fitzpatrick, came in and couldn't do shit neither. It was just one of them days. So they, we shouldn't have lost. Listen, if Denver was that good Everybody on defense, has a game like that first, every If year. Denver was that good on defense, their top 10 pick they just chose this year would not have been a defensive bat. I'm, look, you, you sh- everybody has a game every year that they lose that they probably should not lose. Like, 
the Bears beating the Bucks last year, right? Uh, I want to say Tom the Raiders had a brain fart on the. Li- I have no idea. Everybody what has a game. And what he was thinking. Yeah, I'm telling you, everybody has a game. Like I, I think that y'all's game this year, like that, might be the Panthers. That's the game that you should not lose. That somehow you end up kind of going in there, and giving up the bag at. Okay. This, this is game, and because the Panthers are competitive. Like I've y'all heard make you a name mistake. Every game that we possibly are going to lose. And I have not once heard you say anything about any possible game that we're going to win. So who are we well, beating? And we're losing oh, every oh, other oh, oh, every oh, other oh, team. Oh. We're going to move on to the Patriots, which I was shocked when you said the Patriots will never be the same, which I agree because they don't have Tom Brady. But it sounds like you're saying the Patriots have are going to be terrible this year. I mean, not terrible. They don't have a quarterback. And I love anybody that's followed me, anybody that's listened to me, any fan of my family, friend, everybody knows how I feel about Cam Newton. But at the end of the day, I still got to be a professional analyst and, and just call it the way I see it. I want Cam to be what he once was. He just can't be. And I think Jones, I think Matt Jones is a bust. I think him and Wilson, every year, there's always two quarterbacks out of the quarterback class that just don't pan out. There's always two. Fields is legit. They are considering starting Lance in San Francisco. That's how well he's looked through training camp. I think they'll start Garoppolo just because it just might be the safe thing to do to keep harmony for right now. That's Lance's team. I said on draft day he needs to start. So I, I, I've never looked at Garoppolo as a starter. Uh, so him, and I think Trevor, I think Trevor's the real deal. He's been the real deal since he was a junior in high school, and I saw him yes. as a junior in high school. So the two quarterbacks left out would be Zach Wilson, too small, too just, just guy BYU played nobody, you know, trying to be Pat Mahomes. That's but it's, it's not going to work the out Jets. there. It's, it's just it, quintessential it's Jets. No, no, no. The history is there. Mark Sanchez, number five. Sam Darnold, top five. This guy, they don't know how to get an early. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, it's okay. the Jets. I thought you were saying I was being biased. Saying no, I'm saying like it's the Jets. Like the I'm Jets. with you. I'm with so, you. The, the likelihood of him being a bust is very yeah. high. So the other quarterback I look at Jets. is going to be Matt Jones. It's I say this about Bama quarterbacks, and I've backed this up all the way, even with Jalen Hurt and even with Tua that plays for my Dolphins. I've told people I don't believe in Tua yet. Tua got to take me to a bowl. He ain't got to win it, but I got to have a Super Bowl Sunday in my house watching my Dolphins. If this supposed to be the dude, you got to take me there. It's just like in basketball and watching Kay Cunningham as a business fan. I told somebody, bro, I need you to be Grant Hill with Kobe results. That's how hard I'm being right now on anybody that's playing for my squads. So when I look at Daniel, when I look at Matt Jones at Alabama, everybody's open. At Alabama, everybody's turning their hand into a Heisman candidate running back. Tell me the ones that got to the league and have been successful. Tell me, tell me the Nick Saban quarterback. And I'll let you go all the way back to Michigan State. It's not hard to play quarterback at Alabama. If you're a college quarterback, now I can't go do it. I would suck at it. I know that. But if you're a college five-star, four-star recruit, it's not hard to go to Alabama, man, and, and be able to step in. You can make throws to open guys. You can hand to Najee Harris, Trent Richardson, Derrick Henry. I mean, Look, I'm with you. <laughs> Mark Ingram. I'm with you. I think the Patriots are actually going to do relatively well this year. I think they've been consistently well coached. I think that for the most part, how do I want to say this? Yes, they were not good last year, but they weren't terrible, dude. Like they went, what, two games under 500? Their, their rush defense was almost last in the league. They got ran all over. That's terrible. They had the largest amount of opt-outs in the league. Those players come back, which is actually a good place to start, right? They had the largest amount of opt-outs in the league. Those players come back. Well, not all of them. McCourty, McCourty's the starter free safety in Miami right now. So 
Not all of them. Come almost back. all of them. Almost, almost all of them came back, but they, I think they have the better of the two McCordy brothers. So I'm just going to be honest. Uh, so you agree. All right. No, 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 gonna... no. I'm shaking my head at you because I'm like, why don't we just make this a me versus you Dolphins segment? <laughs> <laughs> and you ain't I... said nothing. Like, you ain't said nothing positive. Now, and we're in the Patriots like, yeah, they have the better of the McCordy brothers. I mean, I'm just joshing with you, but it's, it's Look, funny. It's I'm just, with it's you. I, I'm with you. I actually am not anti. I, I don't think I'm anti Dolphins. I said nine wins is where I got them at. That's a winning record. I said ten. I wouldn't be surprised at. That's not negative. What, so, what did the Patriots end up? I have the Patriots at eleven and six, and that is what you're not going to like. Yes, indeed, and that's what you're okay. not going to like. I think they have a fantastic defense. It's going to be even better than last year, especially now that they got people back. They got Calvin Noy back from you all, right? And you know why they got him back from us? Y'all didn't want to pay that price. No, it's not that. He can't play at that level no more. He can't play at that level. And and, and Miami saw it quickly. And like the protege from from New England that's down there, he cut his losses early before it was too late. Look. The addition of look, they get Dante Hightower back. I think that's huge. I love him. Look, I, love I think him. they have a great defense. I think they've upgraded some of their skill positions in tight end, Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith. We saw them get a couple receivers here. None of them are A guys, but the overall talent on this roster is significantly better than last year. Like worlds better. And they were like, what, two games from being over 500 and uh, actually having a massive a massive surprising season to most people. They had a couple games they lost by like one possession, one play at the very end. I think this is a team that's going to be better than last year. I think that they'll lose that game to the Dolphins at the very end. Like that's just what they're going to do. I think they'll lose to the Browns, the Titans, the Bills, the We're going to beat them open and weak because they don't have a quarterback. Okay, let's talk about the quarterback thing. I think A Cam Newton is not who Cam Newton once was. I agree. I 100% agree. But Cam Newton is not as bad as people are making him out to be. Who are you saying I people? Think, who do you mean? Just like the general Cam is okay, washed, okay. he can't play anymore. Okay. I think right. Cam is going to be a second year off of that injury that he had. And I think that is actually really important because he is. this is like the first summer he was not really rehabbing at all. Mm-hmm. That's going to be important. He's going to have a camp in that system that he did not have before. He's going to have significantly better receivers around him than he did before. Like, they were so bad, Brady left, bro. I just think that the referendum on Cam should be more of this year and less of last year, considering all the confounding factors, not even including COVID. So, just like, I'm, I'm not out on Cam Newton yet. I still believe that he has a chance to be great i still believe they have a chance to scheme for his strengths especially in the run game and they have shown that they can do some pretty unique and interesting things that give teams problems and if cam is as washed as you say mac jones comes in and the one thing that everybody's that is sure about is that he can be accurate with the ball he might not have a lot of the other things but that's the one thing he has new england can make that work i never said cam was washed though not what i said i'm not saying you said he is i'm saying that's the general narrative what you said i don't think kansas is washed as you think he is i don't think he's washed okay i just don't think they have a quarterback good enough on an opening weekend to beat a defense like us that will travel i agree with you towards the end when they came to miami we stomped them out that generally happens though that defense was rolling by that time 
That's the same defense we're putting on the field, right? Our corners are going to lock their receivers down. We're getting the turnover. If Cam's the starter, Cam going to throw it once to us too. He will and, do that. And two of might throw it two or three times. Like, come on. Really? What game did he have two or three? Uh, I mean, really? All right. Uh, look, I, I'm not trying to say that the Dolphins are bad. I do think the Patriots will be a better team. I think the okay. Dolphins will end up being the third best team in this division. Oh, we should double up on lunch on that. The third and third? I mean, After who's going to second if last I, year? I, if I had the Patriots with a better record than the Dolphins, and we are about to get to the team that I think is the resounding. Oh, well, maybe you don't think this team is going to be first in the division, but I thought this team was the resounding favorite to be first in the division, the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had the Buffalo Bills going 12 and five, possibly 13 and four. Uh, I mean, look, Josh Allen showed that he can be that guy. We also, we obviously all want to see it again. That's always what everybody wants to see, but he was a monster last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that his receiving core is even better than it was adding Emmanuel Sanders to that team. So now they have Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, and Cole Beasley, who is really going to stop that offense. Cole Beasley has been one of the most underrated slot receivers in the league for like five years. I, I look, And we all know what Stephon Diggs did last year, propelled his name into like top receiver in the league. The defense is not bad, but their defense is not as great as it was in those early Josh Allen years. But... Look, they have an MVP caliber quarterback. I think mm-hmm. we can agree on that. And that is generally what propels a team to the top of a division. I think they'll take L's to the Chiefs, the Titans, the Colts, the Bucks, and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with that. I think they'll win the division because I just think they've, they, they have the better quarterback right now. I like Josh Allen, uh, 6'5", 235. You know, last year, uh, I believe 5,100 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Like you can't fake you can't fake that in the NFL. Like those are real uh, true numbers. The one thing that bothers me about them is their running game. And I think once you, what I love about football the most is you can only fool and you can only mask things for so long. You you can't just continue to not have a running game. This year, teams all offseason, every defense coordinator on their schedule will pick that offensive tape apart, and they'll say, okay, they don't run the football, and we didn't know that last year. And we let Josh Allen do these things. As the year went on, though, you start to see that production dip. And then they got to the playoff game. And that defense wasn't even great in Kansas City. And we saw, like, really drop off. And then everybody else blamed the receivers and other things that was going on in the game. And it's like, well, no. They, you're talking about a team that has a head coach in Andy Reid that can now really scheme for you. And they got two weeks to do it because they had to buy. So you guys had to play. So not only did they have this season, they also got to see you in the playoff game last week that the Colts probably should have won. Uh, River, Phil, Josh Phil Allen Rivers, was a one-man run game in that in that well, game. That's how they won. Even, that. even even yeah, exactly. Even but even so, if Philip Rivers doesn't overthrow the open touchdown pass in the corner on fourth, remember they go for it on fourth. Yes. and it's a great play call, and the receivers wide open, and Philip just lays yeah. it out too much. And then the the following drive, they missed like the forty-three yard field goal. That was the game right there. That was the I'm game right. You. So he would have had one of that monster game still, but it would have came with an L. So everybody would have looked at it. Nair would have been different. Um, I, I, like I said, I don't 25th in rushing last year. I, I, I just don't like that running game, and they're going to have to fix that, or some other teams will figure it out. In some of these games, you got plugged in as a guarantee win. One of those defenses will show up on the Sunday, and the Bills will think just because they can just show up that they the, the, the emblem on the helmet will win the game. And we like see a, that in pro sports. A Steelers my, or a Washington yes, football my, my, team. My worry with Diggs and, and 
Shout out to the DMV, College Park, University of Maryland. My man, Stefan Diggs. My, my only worry with him is he, he has the feel of a player who will bust his ass and put up crazy numbers to get a new deal. And then once he's got that deal, he may not. Because I, I called Michael Thomas. When he got that deal, I went on my show and I went on Fox Sports Radio. I said, he'll never be the same player. He just, it just, he just has that feel to me. You know what I'm saying? It just digs and I, and I, get the I'm major deal. Stephon's that guy, but after that year, he just had he just had a career year, and I just don't want I just don't want it to tailor off because when you get paid, then you know sometimes every NFL player don't play as hard after you get paid. But I agree with you. I think they won the division. I like twelve and four. I like twelve and four. Like, like I said, I like them in five. Miami fighting it out. I like twelve and five. Excuse me. I like them. They went twelve and four last year. I, I like my, I like them in Miami fighting it out for the year, and I think they just may come out on top because they have once again the better quarterback, and I think Josh Allen has the size and the body to make a run or make a play you might need late in the year. Towards a little smaller, he still put on some weight, looks great in camp, but Miami's not ready to ascend just yet. I do expect them in the playoffs this year, and if they get if they can avoid the Bills that first week, I like them because Kansas City will have a bye, right? I like them to, to match up with anybody else in the AFC. Now, where the game is played is a different, but I like, I, I like them to make the play. But I think the Bills, I, you're right about that. Second-rate offense last year, almost 400 a game. So yeah. their offense is fine. But I do think if they don't figure out how to run the ball, these defensive coordinators that get paid to do this, they will scheme and they will figure, they will figure them out. I'm with you. So that leaves us with the last team here, the, the Jets, who you have, uh, I mean, honestly, just for like the clips, you could reshare your thoughts with the about the Jets real quick. Get our YouTube comments crazy hot. Oh, I'm sorry, God, I fell asleep when you mentioned that team. Um, yeah, the bum ass <laughs> Jets. I listen. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it 100. I like the Corey Davis pickup. I think the defense is young and the defense plays hard. I just don't like their quarterback and their offensive line would have been so much better if they'd have traded that pit and moved down a little bit and just worked one more year with Sam Darnold and found out a way to get Panay Sewell or took Sewell over the quarterback. Because next year, you have DJ coming, you have Howell out of Carolina, you have Spencer Rattler, you have some other quarterbacks coming out of college that I think are going to be better than Zach Wilson. I don't think you had to jump. Can I interrupt Zach. real quick? Sure. It, look, they didn't jump for Je Zach Wilson. They thought Zach Wilson was that dude. They I, took I him over Trey Lance. They took him over Justin Fields. Yeah. Like. They were they were positive that Zach Wilson is that guy. And what I'm saying is I would have I would have like traded with like um maybe try to move back with either Dallas, because I know Dallas wanted to get up, or San Francisco. San Francisco did come up. I would have worked one more year with Sam Darnold, and I would have got more at Panay Sewell. It's just not a player. I just think like I think Cincinnati's gonna Cincinnati's gonna that. rule the day. They're going to rule the day that they decide to go with Jamar Chase and their stories out of camp. He's having problems doing what? Separated. What do you see on some of the film? Separation. A lot of his catches and highlight catches are going up and jumping and getting the ball. He's not blowing away from people in the NFL. A corner at Kentucky can cover. A corner from a Saginaw State can make an NFL roster and cover. So they're going to rule it. But the Jets, I just thought, I think their problem started then. I think they're in a three to four year rebuild. But I don't like Zach Wilson, man. I just don't. I just don't think he's the guy. Like I said, Corey Davis get another bigger receiver there. Running game's okay. Schedule's tough. You're battling the Patriots, the Bills, and the Dolphins in your division already. You, you, there's a reason why you had the, the second overall pick. 
right? You weren't very good. You weren't very good. It's like Jacksonville. These people that are talking about Jacksonville is going to take some type of leap. You're they, dude. There's a reason why they had the first pick. Jacksonville and, might win like five more games than they won five. last year. I, I, five, I got them at. I got them at. I got them at five. Which is like, <laughs> it's a big jump considering yeah. you started from one. <laughs> I look at it but, like this. I, I always say in sports, if you don't learn from history, just like in life, you'll be doomed to repeat it. When's the last first or second overall quarterback that came in the league as a rookie and doesn't have the story to tell last the following years or down the line? Like, oh, man, my first or second year, it was brutal in the league, man. I got sacked so many because you're you're still building your team. It's it's when you have the first or the second pick, you're not just bad at one position. You're bad at a lot of positions. <laughs> That's why you're one in fifteen or you're two and four. You're bad at a lot of positions. So a quarterback doesn't save you. It starts the rebuilding, but it doesn't save you. You're gonna turn around. What Peyton Manning his rookie year one with three and thirteen, right? Is for four and twelve, and they had the number one pick. So they went arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. They move three games. It's hard as a rookie to come in. So and I don't think the Jets are going to win. I like five and five and 12. Okay. I had them in four and 13. So that's a little bit better than me. I like five I thought, and 12. Yeah. 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 I like five and 12. They, their defense plays hard. Okay. They didn't get blown out of a lot of games last year. Like, right. They had the Raiders. They had the Raiders dead the rights. <laughs> they, had the, <laughs> the right, they had the Raiders dead the rights in the corner. In the corner, <laughs> let the receiver run right by him. Rule number one, don't let anybody behind you. With the game on the line, if you're a defensive back, that's defensive back one-on-one. Game on the line, 10 seconds. Boy, everybody back. They can catch anything in front of us and just come up and make the tackle. He let him run right by. You went for a double move on fourth down with like eight seconds to go? <laughs> there's a W right there. Should it beat the Redskins? Gave that game away. So there's some games they'll win like that this year with more experience. Five and twelve. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets won six games. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I had the them NFL, in four. Man. I had them in like the Jags, the Eagles, the Texans, the Bengals. You know those teams. I feel like they could be really competitive against. But you, you have them like probably sneaking one here or there. Maybe like the yeah. Broncos. They can sneak one from like where's week that 13. game. Uh, it's actually at Denver. Yeah, see, and I would, and see, I would, that would still make me say, yeah, because that's a game that Denver will look at. Oh, we got the Jets coming in. Especially, who did the Jets play before that? Oh, before that, they played the Patriots. All right, so that's a loss. Yeah. And the Broncos will think, okay, coming off a loss. Oh, yeah, we, we, and that defense will think, you know, same thing, man. Let's just, let's try to just keep us in the game. Hey, kid, just make a play or two today, man. This, that, that Broncos team's not going to be that good, man. It's a lot of people, not. no, no. That's or, a five hundred. That's a five hundred football team, especially if Locks the quarterback. I hope they go with Teddy Bridgewater. I I believe in Teddy B, but it just feels like the league doesn't. Yeah, I I, I mean, it just seems like Lock is proving all he needs to prove in Denver. Lock Lock to me, he reminds me, he reminds me of the white kid that wanted to hang with the black kids, but never did, but watched them from afar. And like learn all their mannerisms and all their shit so he can do it. <laughs> and it makes him look urban and our pop culture and cool, right? He just he had I talk about the Jeezy video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Not just that. Some of his touchdown uh, celebrations and stuff. It's like, yeah, bro, you're trying, you're trying a little too hard. And you seem like, and I grew up with I grew up with white guys like that that played football or played basketball, 
wanted to hang with us, didn't really, but watched us. And then when they would have do something, their mannerisms and shit, you'd be like, oh man, this dude, all right, I, I feel you want to, you know, you know how they say, man, they want our, they want our pleasure, but not our pain. Mm. Right. They want our style, our music, our, our, our cool, our coolness, our, our, our swag, our flavor, but you don't want our struggles. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, well, so, that, that about wraps up the uh, AFC East breakdown. Let us know what you think. Who's going to win the division? Do you think the Dolphins have it or the Bills? I mean, you, you started at 13 wins. You said 12. They might be tied. Is, are we going to tiebreakers with the Bills and the Dolphins? Welcome to the final segment of the show, the heart of the show. Ballers bouquets. Too often in the media, people only want to focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, I like to make a change. And if y'all don't know already, Greece is dealing with a massive, massive wildfire natural disaster. Honestly, over 500 firefighters have attempted to put out the blaze on the outskirts of Athens. They've had to request assistance from multiple other countries in the EU. They have literally over 81 wildfires. Over 150 homes have been destroyed. Over 12 towns have had to evacuate. And more than 2,000 people in those towns have also had to be evacuated. So this has just been a massive, massive problem. People are being instructed to remain inside because of how heavy the smoke is, making it so people are unable to breathe. But also, a lot of people have been actively displaced from their homes because they've been destroyed by these massive fires. So that brings us to this week's Ballers Bouquet that goes to Giannis Antetokounmpo for his work with the Giant Heart Initiative to provide temporary housing for people displaced by the Greece wildfires. Look, the Giant Heart Initiative is a social contribution initiative that teams up with Giannis Antetokounmpo and a sports gambling company. And basically, their concern is to make implement implementations to improve the lives of people, period. And they do a lot of things. Now, the main thing I want to focus on is actually their work with the wildfires, but they also do things like give medical equipment to hospitals that need it. They have a children's cancer foundation in which they give assistance and support to families that have a child that unfortunately is suffering from cancer. But currently, Giannis Antetokounmpo provided 87 hotel rooms to people that were displaced by these wildfires. And basically what Giannis did was he was booking up rooms basically everywhere that he could find with availability and then giving them to people for free. And at first, it was only for a couple of days, but as the wildfire continued to got, get worse, they added 48 more rooms to help even more people. And they also then extended the length of time for all of the rooms that they bought to make sure that these people did not have to worry about where they were going to stay when they were literally in an area that advised everybody to stay indoors because of the mass amount of pollution and smoke caused by these raging wildfires. And Giannis made this statement. One of my biggest dreams is for the name 
Antetokounmpo to be mentioned after many years, not for basketball, but for the social contribution of my family to the people who needed it most. Giannis was actually in Greece at this time because he was celebrating the NBA championship. He wanted to bring the trophy back home. And it was it, it sucked because he had to cancel the the celebration because of the wildfires, but he's staying in Greece because he wants to make sure that he can share that moment and that triumph with those people. And while he's doing that, he's making sure that he can do everything he can for the people of Greece to make sure that they have the basic essentials and needs as this natural disaster roars on. So shout out to Giannis Antetokounmpo for just doing another great deed. Now, that was it for episode 47 of the Fly Route podcast. Whether it's your first time listening or your last time listening, we want to thank each and every single one of you, no matter what platform you're on, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Audio, wherever it's at. Let us know how you're feeling about the AFC East and who do you think the top 10 defenses are in the NFL. And I cannot wait to bring you next week's episode on Friday. The, 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 the fly route pod, the fly route pod, the fly route pod, the fly route pod.